Welcome to the Yellow Jacket Experience. I'm your host, Seth Dusalt, and joining me as we continue to celebrate National Athletic Training Month is Jessica Raniero, one of our assistant athletic trainers. Jess, how you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Doing fantastic, Jess. Now, I know you've been a sports junkie your whole life. Uh, you grew up in Western New York. It's a sports hotbed, obviously. Uh, who were some of the people who influenced you as a young athlete? Um, I think definitely going to like the Buffalo Bandits games, um, the Bills games, Sabres games. Um, I just, I loved everything about the atmosphere. Um, I had phys ed teachers that were, you know, really pushing me to get into sports at an early age. Um, and you know, after I watched a Buffalo Bandits game, I was like hooked on lacrosse and got immediately involved and just had a bunch of coaches and family members that were heavily involved in it growing up. So they really pushed me to, to kind of grow into that a little bit and just playing a little bit of everything, soccer, hockey, um, you know, basketball for like a week, um, softball, you know, and I did not like that at all. So stuck to lacrosse though. And, you know, took me through college. What was it about lacrosse that you loved so much and still love to this day, actually, honestly? Yeah, I think like the energy, um, you know, how quick the momentum shifts in games, um, you know, obviously with the high scoring, um, I really like the, the ability to possess the ball, um, you know, that was different to me than, you know, any other game, you know, such as like hockey, it's really easy to lose the puck sometimes or softball, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely like a, a momentum game and you can really have an impact on the game, no matter what player you are on the, on the field, you know, everybody kind of has a role and um, just how quickly the game moves too, and, and just the, the shifts in energy. You're a goalie. I was. Which- in, in my opinion, and I've said this before to a lot of people, the hardest position in all of sports across every sport is lacrosse goalkeeper because you have no protection, basically no help, and the ball comes in at ridiculous speeds. What made you decide, you know, hey, I'm going to go throw myself in front of those 100-mile-an-hour shots? Yeah, I mean, I think when I was in, like, sixth grade, we were playing dodgeball, and I, my phys ed teacher was like, you know, all the other girls got hit and cried and I was like throwing the balls with the boys and I wanted to like, you know, I wanted to be competitive and, and they were like, Hey, why don't you try lacrosse goalie? Cause I, they didn't seem to think I was, you know, going to have any fear. So I did and I loved it. And the first shot I actually saved in my first game as a seventh grader was like right off the helmet. And my mom expected me to like be nervous and afraid and I was like do I asked her after the game if I make every save you know if I get shutouts across the board until I'm older do you think I can go on a full ride to Syracuse University in seventh grade so she was like uh yeah I think if you get shutouts every game you'll have a pretty good chance so um yeah I just I just liked it you know I I think um it's a position that you can have a lot of control um I really like to be able to facilitate you know, my defense that I was working with um, and working in conjunction with a lot of systems um, to kind of just, you know, quarterback that I think was uh, an important role for me to want to take on. And it, you know, helped me develop a lot of leadership skills, I think. Now, the, the flip side, of course, of the athletic training, which is what we're really here to talk about. Um, how did you first decide that that was a career path that you wanted to follow? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like I said, you know, going to all those like sports events when I was younger, I always saw people get injured and I was like, oh, that's really cool. Like somebody runs out after them and helps them and, and kind of like takes their time with them and, you know, makes them feel reassured. And, and 
you know, even experiencing my own injuries when I was younger, I had a knee injury and a concussion, um, you know, several like times I was held out for minor things. And, and I was always really grateful that I had somebody there to, to support me, my athletic trainer in high school. Um, her name was Lisa actually. And, and she was super supportive. And I just, I really liked the role that she played in my life. And I thought that that was like something that I would be really passionate about, especially to stay around sports. Now you played at Mercyhurst University, Division II um, in the PSAC, very good lacrosse program, very good conference just across the board and a great school. Um, as you were studying and playing at that level, did you find that on the one side that it, as studying athletic training helped you as an athlete and then on the other side as being an athlete helped you kind of really understand what you were doing in the classroom with athletic training, understanding the human body? Yeah, for sure. I mean, just to be able to be in the weight room and, and know how to facilitate different muscle groups. Um, and I mean, outside of that, how to, how to strengthen or, or how to, you know, rehab, how to work on range of motion, mobility. Um, it was kind of nice. We had a, we had quite a few athletic training majors on my lacrosse team uh, at Mercyhurst and, you know, we worked together and, and we didn't really have like a solid strength coach. It was just kind of one guy who like gave us programs. Um, so we really kind of facilitated conversation between our teammates on, you know, what do we need to do? How do we prevent knee injuries? Um, and we kind of worked like intermingling a little bit to help us because, I mean, it really strengthened our knowledge base too. So we were able to kind of like see both sides of the coin and, and become better athletes because of our knowledge base, but also become better athletic trainers because we could, you know, apply the knowledge that we were learning firsthand and, and apply it to our own teammates. So that was a really interesting kind of like overlap and, um, you know, our, our teammates started coming to us as students, you know, how do I make this better? How do I, you know, strengthen my ankle? And instead of, you know, having to rely on, a, you know, an external force or an external person, something like that. You were at Mercyhurst for quite a while, obviously, your years there as a student, then you were a grad assistant in the athletic training program there. And then as a full-time athletic trainer, mm -hmm. what was it about Mercyhurst that that you felt like this was a place that you wanted to be for, for as long of a time as you were again, obviously we're yeah. familiar with them here at AIC. So, yeah. So, I mean, I, I liked being, um, for me, that was only about an hour from home. So I really liked being kind of close to home. Um, and then after a while I was just, you know, I was ready to kind of branch out, move back, you know, on, you know, just something new, I guess. Um, I liked Mercyhurst. It was, I, you know, very similar to AIC, very small community, um, you know, very supportive atmosphere, very supportive peers. Um, the colleagues were great. And it, you know, it's, it's a small school too. And like I said, it's similar to AIC in the fact that we have division two sports, but also division one hockey and being a grad assistant there gave me the opportunity to work division one hockey. So that was a, a great experience. And then working there full time, I just, you know, kind of went right from the graduate assistant level to being a full-time assistant um, working at Mercier's Northeast with some of our JUCO sports over there. So that kind of gave me the knowledge base and made me a little bit more well-rounded of an athletic trainer. So I wanted to, you know, branch out a little bit and kind of move on, which led me to back to Western New York, actually, to work at a high school for four years after that. Now, when you were doing that, you also did some coaching, uh, led some lacrosse programs, what was that experience like for you um, doing things that maybe some of those things I would assume were outside of the realm of athletic training even? Yeah, definitely. I mean, so there I served a bunch of different roles. Um, I was uh, the one of the coaches for our lacrosse program. Um, I was a volunteer assistant, but 
to me that was taking on like a head coaching position. Um, mm. You know, it was actually kind of nice. My sister and I were able to do it together. So we kind of tag teamed it. And, um, you know, we took a, like a four and 12 program to a nine and, you know, four program in the next, you know, two or three years to, you know, basically what is a prowess in the conference now. So um, we're, I, I was excited to have the opportunity to do that. I mean, it was, I was there anyway. So I felt like, you know, Hey, I'm here. I want to give back. Um, the girls that made up that program bought in and it was an awesome experience to not only work with them as their athletic trainer, but also to, you know, not only coach them, but provide them with, you know, real life experience. Like, Hey, we've done this at the collegiate level. We want you to be prepared for this. Um, you know, I did a, I did a lot of helping them get recruited, um, you know, and, and then even serving as, you know, some of their fourth block or their, their fourth period of the day, you know, doing rehabs and strengthening and letting different kids in the off season into the weight room and overseeing the weight room for strength and conditioning, um, you know, lifeguarding. So it was just, it was all over the place, but it was really nice to be in that setting for a couple of years, just to kind of serve as a mentor to some of those, you know, student athletes who may have not gotten the opportunity to, you know, talk to someone about being at the collegiate level or, you know, their, their coach is a, a dad who volunteers his time. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's nice to be able to think back on my time there and, and feel valued, especially, you know, our, our teams were pretty successful when we were there. We won a football state championship and hockey went to the state finals and was a state runner up. And um, like I said, lacrosse did really well too. And baseball. And I mean, just so many sports across the board really became successful. And I, I felt like I got to be a part of that just because we had a really good group of people and, and coaches and athletes who really bought in and wanted to, you know, take our school to the next level. Now I've made plenty of trips to Buffalo and to Erie <laughs> with my time here at AIC. And I know that it is not a quick drive from yeah. Springfield to those two places. You know, obviously you mentioned, obviously there was some connection to AIC at Mercyhurst. Um, but how did you end up connecting to AIC and what made you decide that this was the step that you wanted to take when you, took the job here in Springfield? Yeah, I mean, I, I did see the posting. Um, like I said, I was at the high school for about four years. Um, in, the, in the class that, that I really went into the high school level with was graduating. Um, you know, they were seniors ready to move on to the next level. I felt really connected to them and, you know, they're graduating. So I felt like that was a good time for me to move on. Um, I enjoyed the high school level. It just wasn't giving me, you know, maybe so much of like the pressure that I wanted. Um, I'm very competitive. So to be in the high school setting where, you know, it's not make or break whether or not this athlete might play, you know, in some you know, situations, sure. But, um, you know, if, if you get an ankle sprain and this kid doesn't want to rehab, like they just quit or, you know, they have a, the opportunity to just take three weeks off, which I really missed like, the pressure on me to get someone healthy to get them back into the game. Um, so I started looking for positions back at the collegiate level, saw the posting for AIC, and I really only knew of AIC because of Mercier's, because hockey did play them, um, well, men's hockey at least. Um, and I always looked up in the rafters at Mercier's, and I was like, what is AIC? I really never knew about AIC. Uh, I knew it was in Springfield, Massachusetts. Um, and my high school coach, my high school lacrosse coach, went to Springfield College. So you know, I asked him a little bit about the area and about school and stuff. And, you know, he had good things to say. And I was just like, all right, like, you know, I'm going to look into it. And it had all the sports that I, you know, I wanted to work with. Um, you know, it had women's lacrosse and I was able to be a part of that. And, you know, the community was a, a lacrosse hotbed here too. So even like at the high school level or club level, if I was to get involved, 
So I just felt like they, it really encompassed everything that I was looking for. And, you know, plus they were looking for another athletic trainer. So I was like, okay, you know, I'm going to fly and um, met with John and um, Mike early in March and they wanted someone like immediately. And I was like, uh, I can't, you know, I want to finish out the school year and, and, you know, I'm still coaching lacrosse and it was, you know, my kids basically like senior year and stuff like that too. So um, they gave me the option to fill, you know, finish and fill out my, my year there. And then I came here in early June. Now you talk about the relationship building. Um, and as you mentioned, it's been a comparatively short time that you've been at AIC, especially, you know, we had Jay on last week, who's been here for approximately a hundred years. Uh, but you know, you, you've built a really good relationship with your student athletes in that, in that two year span. Um, you've talked about how important that was to you when you were at Mercyhurst and then when you were doing it at the high school level. Um, why is that so important to you as an athletic trainer? I think it just, you know, the, the connections you build with people, I mean, most of our job is being a people person. So being able to listen, being able to hear them out, being able to identify and relate with them. Um, you know, there's some of the, some of the athletes that you see are dealing with some of the, the hardest things they've ever had to deal with, you know, whether it's a, a career or season ending injury, um, you know, pain that's going to last them longer than they like it to, you just, you need to break it down on like a more personal level. So I feel it's really important to kind of, you know, get to know them, you know, care about them on and off the field and, you know, off on and off the court and be able to just have a conversation with them. And, and being personable is, you know, I, like I admit it wasn't something that I was great at my whole life, but I, you know, felt that my job really helped me kind of make those connections because we always had something in common, right? Like it was always sports or, you know, they'd be able to tell me, well, it really hurts when I'm shooting or it really, you know, this is really starting to bother me when I'm doing this motion. Um, and if we were able to connect over sports, then it was really just like, you know, well, is there an underlying factor here? Or like, is it a nutritional thing? Um, is it like a strength and conditioning thing? And then from there, kids, you know, and even our student athletes here, not only just at the high school level, but they tell you about their lives and things that were bothering them. And you're, you know, especially to college student athletes, like their moms are, you know, hundreds of miles away sometimes. So for them to have another like connection that they can talk to and open up to is, is important to me just because, you know, they may not get that when they need it the most and, and mental health is important too. And it makes up, you know, the whole student athlete picture. And I think that that's important that we recognize that in our profession. It absolutely is, which is a nice segue into kind of the next thing that I wanted to talk about, which is that, you know, people tend to think of the athletic trainer, you know, as you described it, you know, somebody who comes out onto the field when, you know, an athlete goes down with an injury, but you guys do so much more than that. Um, and a huge part of your, your job is injury prevention. Uh, can you explain some of the things that you do uh, with the athletes to prevent them from getting hurt in the first place and what that looks like? Yeah, I mean, we, we do tons of mobility work um, in the training room. And, you know, I just like, for example, today I had two football players come in to just work on range of motion, mobility, stretching, um, just because they feel like tight and immobile or like something's, you know, not right. It's They're not injured, but they're hurting and they're, they're sore and they want to be able to perform at their best. So they come in, they work with me, you know, we give them stretches, you know, stuff to take home, whether it's bands or home exercise programs. Um, and then a lot of it is, you know, some of the soft tissue or mobilizations, you know, manual therapy where you're actually like working with someone to, you know, release adhesions in the muscle or work them through a range of motion that they may not be able to get through, you know, through to themselves. Um, 
but just a lot of it is, you know, just making sure that they're doing the right things. They're getting like access to what they need. Um, some people don't realize how much actually has to go into injury prevention. So, you know, for example, working with women's across and the knee injury prevention, you know, after the, the beginning of the season we had last year where we had some, you know, season ending knee injuries, just being able to kind of help coach um, Brendan, you know, implement the speed work and be able to do the jumps and, and why we do what we do and what the timing of it is um, just being able to kind of break that down so that coaches are then able to implement that themselves is, is it an important part of our work? Another important thing, and especially true in science, but it's true in any walk of life is to always be learning and continuing education is I know something that you have to do to keep your certifications. Uh, what sorts of things are you working on right now to improve yourself as an athletic trainer? Yeah, so um, actually about a month ago, I went and got certified in dry needling. Um, so going to be able to you know, provide that to some of our student athletes soon. Um, again, that's, you know, a procedure that's not necessarily used in everybody, but it's another tool in the toolbox, so to say, um, I did get certified in instrument assisted soft tissue mobilization. So that's using different instruments to kind of release, like I said, adhesions in the muscle, um, certified in cupping, but I also have my performance enhancement specialist training. And I also have my, um, certified, um, strength and conditioning coaching training. And then I also have um, the sports nutrition certificate. So different things that kind of encompass all of what we're doing, but also, you know, gives you a little bit more of like a clue into how to continue education with those things. If you, if you have it great, but if you, you know, have it and utilize it, that's even better. So, you know, trying to use those and, and trying to progress our, our overall athletics, you know, environment over here too. I going to say that that's, that's all you're, you you're using some words that I don't know. And that doesn't happen to me very often, especially as a history major who yeah. you know, is used to reading things. But biology has never been a strong suit for me. So you're going to have to explain some of these things to me later. Okay. Um, but for, for now, I want to get into your connection with a few specific teams. We've talked a lot about lacrosse, but I want to talk a little bit, especially with the NCAA championship coming up this weekend about wrestling and in particular, Jojo Gonzalez, who I know you've worked very closely with this year, yep. uh, two-time regional champion, and both of those regional championships were won at your alma mater. Yeah. Uh, what's it like watching him compete, and what are the, some of the things that you notice about him as an athlete that really make him special? Yeah, I mean, Jojo's a good kid. I mean, just like listening and hearing him out, I mean, hearing his stories, you know, what he's gone through, what he's come from, and being able to apply everything he's ever learned like he's the most technical person when he when he you know gets in the wrestling room but also like his real life applicable knowledge like he he's able to be gritty he's able to be tough you know he he doesn't really take things sitting down he like wants to do something about it like immediately so you know him wrestling and him as a person it's almost like two different people but at the same time, those, you know, he's still hard nosed and he's, he's tough in all instances of his life. So it's a lot of fun to get to him watch, you know, him wrestle per se, but also to see how he applies himself, you know, when challenges are not necessarily on the mat, like school and, you know, other stuff that's going on in his life, just to be able to know him at that level where I can see him take those things and apply it off the mat is just a, it's, it's knowing that you're kind of like making a difference for him. Cause we've, you know, had some conversations about real life things and and for him to be able to kind of like take that to the next level is is awesome to see him kind of succeed and 
I'm excited for him this weekend. I mean, I think, I think he's going to do well. I think he's nervous, but I think he's going to be fine. Um, but again, having conversations with him about that, you know, you have nothing to lose. You're going into this, like, you know, that you're the best wrestler there. Like you just have to go into that and think that. And, and I think, you know, everybody's kind of telling him the same things. He's got to believe it. So it's just one of those things that, you know, he's, he's still, he's 21. Like he's still learning a lot about, his profession what he's doing in the classroom and on the mat and stuff like that so to help him kind of experience that and grow from this has been an awesome experience to work with him and and i mean and and i've seen jojo wrestle a million times obviously as well having worked with that team and he's is everything that you've said he is you know i gotta feel like for for you it 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 must matter more for the athletes to hear it coming from you than it would say from me who's never you know played a game at the collegiate level you did it um, and how much does that in all of your work, whether it's the off the off the field stuff or the on the field stuff, do you feel like that actually helps you that the student athlete who is talking to you will say to themselves, Jess Raniero was a division two athlete who did what I'm doing now? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, like, I guess a good example would be like just this past weekend, um, you know, when we were at regionals and just driving and, and showing some of the some of the guys here, you know, this is Mercier's this is where I went to school, like walking through the gates and, and that kind of stuff. And just for them to be able to like, Oh, you played, like you played on that turf right there. Like that was a cool experience for me to kind of like bring that back and, and have that connection. Um, because I think sometimes like, you know, to me or to them, like I'm just like, I'm their athletic trainer. Like sometimes I'm their mom, you know what I mean? It's just kind of like one of those things that right. is like, Oh yeah. Like, you know, she had this experience or whatever. So, um, but we, we had the chance to talk a little bit about, you know, going forward, you know, kind of what we envision for, you know, specifically wrestling, um, you know, and recruiting and stuff like that. And, you know, coach Rich and I talk all the time about, you know, where we see the program going and, and what we want it to be. And they have a really solid group of guys that, you know, are driven and dedicated and motivated. And, you know, I was saying in the car when we were driving back from the tournament to the hotel, I was like, you guys, they were all disappointed. And I was like, you know, some went one and two, some went oh and two, and they're, you know, they didn't get to wrestle all season for this to be their first collegiate match for some of them. And it was kind of an eye-opening experience. And I'm like, guys, you did everything you could. Like you, you, you know, you didn't wrestle all season and, and you went right into regionals. You're seeing some of the best wrestlers in the country on the mat for the first time in your career. So um, for me to, I guess, put that in perspective for them and, and to tell them how I view it, you know, rather than just to them, it's a loss. Like to me, if you work hard and you're giving everything you have and you're working through whatever you're working through, you know, whether it's mental, physical, emotional, if you're laying it all out there, I literally couldn't ask for anything more. And I know coach feels the same. So, and that's really the direction that, you know, especially wrestling that we see that going and we want to continue to recruit, you know, obviously athletes that embody that. Um, and for them, you know, to kind of hear that, I think for me was, you know, they were like, oh, we're not going to let you down next year. Like, make sure you got to work with our team again next year. So it was, it was kind of funny because I think they got a little nervous if I was like, if you guys lose, I'm not going to be your trainer next year. So, um, you know, I threw a little bit of heat on them, but, but no, I mean, they're, they're like willing to like roll over and do anything you want. Like they will put it all on the line for coach. Um, and I know, you know, they, they're so helpful for me personally, you know, carry my bags and like, do you need anything? And, you know, like super supportive environment. Um, so I think the experience is, makes it relatable for them. And, and I think that they appreciate that when you can kind of like be like, I've been there, you know, and I get it. 
And, and that experience is obviously most relatable when you're working with the lacrosse team because that was specifically the sport that you did. Yeah. And I know we keep coming back to it, which is totally fine because I could talk about lacrosse all day. I know you could too. Yeah. Um, you are that team's athletic trainer on the women's side for us here at AIC. You're also the goalie coach. Yeah. Um, how have you been able to combine your experience as an athletic trainer and as a, a player at, the, at this level and a former coach Mm-hmm. to actually be able to do both jobs effectively for that team and and what is it like having that extra layer of connection to the team based on both of those experiences I wake up in the morning and when there's a 7 a.m practice that I can attend I look forward to that more than anything I like I love being around them they have the highest level of energy of any team that I've ever worked with and even at 7 a.m I mean sometimes they they're dragging go through their stretches a little slow and but we'll let them know it you know but um no they just they're they're so personable and they're so happy all the time and it just it makes you want to be around that more and you know to see like some of the successes that they've already had is kind of like an emerging program in my opinion when I got here I was like oh when was across like little rough around the edges and then coach Riley took over um and I she's like my best friend like in the whole wide world now I mean same (laughs) without without a question you know she'd she'd probably be like oh my god you know whatever but she um she's done a lot for me like being able to you know I I reached out to her in the fall when I first got here and I was like hey like I just want to let you know I played lacrosse like I'd be super interested in helping you guys out and you know be your team's athletic trainer anyways so like I'll be around and she was like Oh my God. Yes. Like, you know, how Riley is, it's just like oh, one of those yeah. things. <laughs> so, so yeah, I mean, we have a lot of fun. Um, it's nice to be able to like talk lacrosse with someone because, you know, I didn't really have that at the high school level. It was just like me and, you know, my sister. And of course, you know, we, we fight or whatever, argue about systems and, and right. that kind of thing. Um, but Riley and I talk throughout the day, not only about the team, but just about like scouting or, or other stuff that we can do to, to help the atmosphere and the environment. Um, but to be able to do both jobs effectively is, is tough. I mean, you know, we, I always try to have that conversation, you know, with the girls, like my first and foremost priority is your health and safety as your athletic trainer. So there would never be an instance where, you know, someone would be with a, you know, possibly, you know, painful injury or something like that, where I'd be like, no, you're going to play through it. Cause I'm coaching you as well. So um, obviously health and safety is priority number one. And then from there, it helps me, kind of you know break it down on a level where like Cat Moody is a perfect example recovering from a knee injury last year being able to kind of go out with her and shoot and catch and you know feed to her so that she can shoot is just like I think it helps her you know obviously recover but it also gives me the connection that I need to kind of get her to the next level so um, I've been super fortunate to to be accepted by them right away I mean you know the, the team culture before Riley took over. I know they had some struggles and stuff like that, but it's been a totally like uplifting experience for me. I go there, I enjoy it 100% of the time and I look forward to their season for sure. Now with you being from the Buffalo area, mm-hmm. I can't not ask this. Uh, Bill's Mafia. You're <laughs> in it, I'm in it, RAD is in it, a few other coaches in it, other admins here are in it. It's a big thing. Yep. And you obviously didn't spend most of your life the way I have spent all of my life living in New England and dealing with that dude in the hoodie down in Foxborough. But, but you know, you, you got here just in time for Josh Allen and the Bills to win the division this year and yeah. be good for the first time since I was yeah, a little kid. Sad being um, away. Yeah. 
being a Buffalo sports fan, uh, just give the folks who who don't know what makes sports in Buffalo such just an important part of that culture. Yeah. And, and how much do you use your fandom of the Buffalo Bills? And you mentioned the Sabres and the Bandits earlier mm-hmm. as an outlet where it can be something that's fun and not your job. Although obviously you have a lot of fun at your job too. Yeah. I mean, like we use it as, a, as an outlet all the time. We would, you know, go to, you know, Bills games as a coaching staff and stuff like that. I mean, it was just overall really good. I mean, especially the past couple of years after they, you know, gained some traction and success. But, you know, I was – I was alive for, you know, Brett Hull's no goal. And, uh, you know, I just, I hear stories wide, right. I mean, everything about Buffalo has just been failure, failure, failure. So to come from a place like that, like it hardens you a little bit and it makes you hungry. Um, And I think growing up in a competitive environment, like in my own family with sports and to see Buffalo fans just be loyal throughout everything they've ever been through. It's just like it, you breed competitiveness in that area. And, and to know, you know, now that they're successful, you know, you have a bunch of people like, oh, you know, Josh Allen, the Bills. And I'm like, yeah, but do you remember when, like, Doug Flutie was there? And, like, people mm-hmm. are like, who's Doug Flutie? So, you know, it's just kind of what, like one of those things that, you know, you enjoy everybody's presence and, like, the support. But at the same time, it's like you don't really get it unless you were in that area, you know. And and to see Bills, you know, Mafia outside <laughs> outside the stadium – tailgating, jumping through tables, getting ketchup and mustard sprayed on them, lighting fires on tables and cars and, and stuff like that. Like once you see that in real life, it's like, these people are crazy, but, um, haven't ever jumped through a table myself. Don't think I will. Cause I'm probably going to break something, but yeah, just to, just to know, you know, those people are diehards and I, it's really nice to be kind of like a part of something that has a little bit of movement now. Um, and it's, I get, I used to, you know, Sundays were like, all right, the Bills game's on, like, let's watch Bills game. And just, you know, you go to bed, whatever, the Bills lost, kind of the same thing over and over and over and over. Um, But I'm really excited for their future. So it should be a lot of fun. I've got, uh, well, my mom's got, I shouldn't say I don't have them. They're hers, but uh, two boxes of Flutie Flakes still in the uh, mantle on display. So our, uh, our cred as real Bills fans is, is no, and again, we lived in Massachusetts for the last 20 years yeah. doing it too. So like, that's the only thing that's worse. Than they're everywhere. Yep. That's mm-hmm. true. Now I'm sure you, you know, much like me, I'm sure you're not just about sports. Um, you know, I, I think people tend to tend to think of it as, you know, just something that we're always doing all the time. What's something not sports related that you are either enjoy doing in your spare time, or maybe it's something that you're really good at that, that we wouldn't know about just watching you as an athletic trainer and as a lacrosse coach? That's a tough one. Um, I really like, well, I like to garden. Really? Um, I'm not super good at it because I kill a lot of plants, but I, I like plants. Um, no, I think like, you know, I, I, I try to play like pickup games wherever I can, whether it's like hockey or, you know, even still lacrosse. Um, just, you know, we used to play like adult volleyball, stuff like that. So I feel like a little bit of a jack of all trades. I'm not really like great at any one thing that's not lacrosse or my job, I guess. But but other things, I mean, I'm definitely enjoying. Um, I I do feel like at some point I should have been like a NASCAR driver because I get a lot of speeding tickets. But oh, I feel pretty good at speeding, I guess. But <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I mean, you know, I, I'm pretty normal. Like I like 
going out with friends, hanging out, going for runs, you know, going for walks, um, just hanging out. I do have cats, so I, I like my cats. Um, you know, pretty normal stuff, I guess. I'm a cat person. I've got three of them. Let, let's, let's hear about the cats. Tell me about the cats. Oh, God. Well, I, I actually, um, it started with fostering um, three kittens who some lady found in like her garden and they were like newborns, not even eyes opened. And I was like, I was volunteering at a, at a animal shelter at the time. So I, I took them home with me, bottle fed them, you know, around the clock. And then, you know, when they were old enough to be adopted out, I brought them to the shelter and I was like, I can't give them up. So I kept them and they're mine now. Oh, what are their names? Uh, Paisley is the one, Rocky, Lillian, and Pete is my other one. So I have four. How did you, uh, how did you come up with those names? That's, that's a combination. Um, Paisley is like a, like her, it's her, her coat, like her coloring. It's, it's kind of yeah. like a Paisley pattern. Um, Pete and Rocky, Pete was like, he had one eye closed all the time. So he almost looked like a little bit of pirates. We called him oh. Pete the Pirate. Makes sense. And Rocky always fought his bottles. So we called him Rocky. Yeah. And Lily was just like a cute girly name. So that's why we went with that. Listen, it's perfectly legitimate. My, uh, my cats growing up again, my mom named these were uh, teapot, coffee cup, and cappuccino. I think you can take a, take a guess about where that came from. <laughs> so the last question I'm going to ask, and it's the one that we ask everybody who comes on here, uh, who is somebody who has had a significant influence on who you are as a person, and how have they shaped who you are today? Um, I know everybody probably says their parents. Probably, I mean, definitely my mom. She's, you know... She's like me. She's super independent. Um, she's super strong-willed. She, you know, worked at a liquor store for like eight years, putting us through like high school and stuff. And then when we went to college, um, I have two siblings. So my younger siblings, when they went off to college, my mom went to the Correctional Officer Academy to become a correctional officer oh, wow. in her 40s. So to watch her kind of persevere through all that, all the personal training, like all the stuff that she went through mentally and and to be, you know, for her to come out on top at like 45 years old, I was just like, damn, she's impressive. So I look up to her a lot, um, you know, and she's still going strong. She deals with idiots all day long in the, in the prison system. Um, you know, some, some really good people, some, you know, really not so nice people. Um, but the story she tells me and how she handles them just makes me want to be more like her when I'm older. You know, it's funny that you started off by saying most people probably say their parents and usually... Yeah. When I ask that question, I give the caveat that you can't pick one of your parents because oh, okay. most people would. <laughs> and I'm kind of glad that I didn't that time because that that's actually really impressive to yeah, she's pretty to, bad. To do, yeah what she, what she's done. I mean, anybody who's going to go back to school for anything at the age of 40 is mm -hmm. that's awesome. Rock on. Well, Jess, this is really great. Really appreciate having you on. Yeah, getting to work getting to work with you is is awesome, and it, it's easy to see why the kids love you and. And looking forward to uh, more wrestling, more lacrosse, and just yeah. Yellow Jacket sports. Yeah, I appreciate that. Thanks for having me, Seth. Jess Raniero, one of our athletic trainers here during National Athletic Training Month. This has been the Yellow Jacket Experience. Hope you've enjoyed it. Keep your eyes peeled. we got more episodes coming up.